in this corner, weighing 198 pounds, currently the governor of the state of California, Gavin C. Newsom! And in this corner, weighing, well, more than we can calculate, but it's a lot because there are 24 Republicans, 10 no party preferences, 9 Democrats, 2 Green, and 1 Libertarian for a grand total of 46 contenders! This match will continue from now through September 14th when Californians will take to the polls for the final round as they cast their votes to determine who will be their retain his governorship or will one of his opponents take over the leadership in Sacramento? You will make the final decision! Join us as we give today's guest a political workout as they prepare for the final round on Teen Day Radio's teen coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. Hello, it's Mr. P here. Uh, we're here with the Team Day Radio. We got ourselves in a big one this time. We're in the middle of the recall election here in California. Oh, it's been crazy. But anyway, so we got our first candidate that's to be sitting in the uh, the Team Day Radio's punching bag chair. And we're going to give him the old one, too, uh, and see how well he uh, you know takes on you guys for your questions today, okay? So anyway, we got um, Mr. David Hilberg, uh, and we have Faustina and Michael and Beckett as our broadcast team members who are going to be uh, hosting the show today. So we take it away, you guys. Um, so our first question is, in your opinion, what do you think are the most urgent problems in California, and how do you plan on fixing them, Mr. Hilberg? Uh, the largest problem is governmental corruption. We have many legislative people that have been passing horrid laws for the past 15 years. You would consider them scorched earth policies if you're in any other state. So my first call of business is as what my platform says, I will support law and the constitutions of the United States and that of California. And I don't care who it is. I'll start from the very top and work my way down until we have a governance that actually listens to the people. My second amendment rights are very important to me. You plan to continue to allow the people 
of California to exercise this right? Okay, the Second Amendment is part of our Constitution. So the state of California has made too many laws against the Second Amendment. I was looking at the budget for the state uh, the other day, and they have $400 million for a scientific research into nano identification technology on bullets and weapons, which is something that they have no business in doing because a gun is a piece of property. It belongs to the citizen and the state and the federal government shouldn't have any reason to even why or wonder why you have it. So you're um, saying that since arms are a private property that you would never want to take that from the people of California, the exercise of them. Uh, the people of California have the right to own a firearm, period. Um, when I was living in California, one of the things that bothered me most about the COVID lockdowns was that I was not able to go to mass for over three months, including Easter 2020. I felt like this was a violation of my First Amendment rights. If you were governor at the time that these lockdowns took place, would you have implemented such lockdowns and felt like keeping the people away from church was justified by the cause? Explain. Well, COVID, uh, the origins of it are basically, you call it a biological weapon. Uh, it was used by our own government and other governments around the world to suppress their people. China made it and basically, you know, everybody ended up suffering for it. Uh, medical choices should be made between the physician and the patient. So there would be no lockdowns, no mandates, because the citizen must take care of their own health. Uh, a lot of those in Florida, they took those that were sick or infirmed and are basically uh, in, as a hazard or something of COVID would kill them or hurt them. They were isolated from the general population and the population carried on their own business. And that's why they're still working and we're not. How are your fundraising efforts going? I have no fundraising efforts. Uh, I signed the form 501, which limits me to $2,000 for my campaign. Uh, there's another form that's uh, 470, which allows me to make a committee to handle funds for election purposes and that, but I have no committee. So I basically had to decline on that form saying I don't have a committee. Now, if funds do happen to become available, I have 24 hours to re-amend the Form 470 to account for funds for campaigning. Okay, um, another thing that concerned me was that it took four and a half months of worldwide COVID-19 deaths to equal one day of worldwide abortions. In our country, California is high on the list of leading abortion rates. Is this an issue that's important to you? Well, to me, uh, I know two people personally that I've grown up with. And when their girlfriends had abortions, they committed suicide. So I kind of say, you know, it's all up to the family and everyone involved to have an abortion. The problem is that there's always someone who's going to take the baby. Everybody loves babies. Uh, the, the, why, the woman that wants to kill their own baby, uh, there's something wrong with them. And government funds should never be used to kill an innocent life. Yeah, would you make it illegal in California to have an abortion or probably not? You'd leave that to be a person's choice. Uh, I, would, I would basically say no government funds, 
and the, wom the woman has to be in medical jeopardy to abort the child, uh, I would prefer the child be adopted out or one of the family members take the child. So it would be the last effort, you know, last ditch effort, you know, to save the child. But ultimately, it's up to the woman to care for the child. And sadly, people, you know, everybody turned society into a throwaway society. And that includes children nowadays. What is your plan for resolving the amount of drug addicts living on the streets of California? Well, if you're a criminal and you're living on the streets of California, you'd be basically you should be arrested or re-interned. Uh, last year, they released 69,000 inmates out of the California prison system. Before that, they reallocated the sentences of felonies down to misdemeanors and released another several thousand jail inmates into the jail system, which are now a lot of them are inhabiting the streets because they have no place to go. They have no job security. They have basically their only thing is actually making victims of the fellow homeless and the property owners that are around the homeless. So the homeless problem started way back in the 70s when they basically outlawed a lot of programs to prevent homelessness. And that's our government for you trying to save money because they're too busy spending it on something else they would much rather do. You have a plan for combating voter fraud? Well, I've seen voter fraud. I've experienced voter fraud. And right now, the legislature snuck in a law, which is a new voting laws, uh, basically three months ago, after the election that they violated. I was witness to that. I made my complaints up and down the chain of command, and it went into the black hole of Calcutta. So basically, those persons of our legislature, uh, which is a Democrat-controlled major majority, uh, a lot of them, I will be seeking prison sentences for them. I'll be swearing out arrest warrants for basically violating their law and their oath of office. Uh, you know, this is supposed to be a representative democracy of a republic, and they've basically made it into an oligarchy of special interest and business contributors for their campaigns. Um, so when you say that you feel like they have made it so that there's special interest groups, do you feel like those people are damaging the businesses? And how would you help small businesses if you felt like these people were damaging them? Well, I just got off a telephone conversation or actually it was a town hall meeting by telephone with Michelle Steele. And she says that 40% of the businesses of California will never return. And likely because of the tax system and how it's set up and how they are basically anti-business in California, it's going to be a hard road to go, you know, trying to get businesses back and restarting those businesses that disappeared. So this too has been uh, contrived by our own politicians to harm the citizens. And it's gonna be a long road to get whatever we want back to where it used to be. Do you have a plan for making California's Southern border more safe? And if so, what is it? Well, a lot of the other candidates and I agree with this, and I don't know if the major candidates do, uh, we would actually allow our, uh, our basically our sheriffs and police officers that are post-certified to actually swear to uh, lead uh, an oath to the 
uh, Border Patrol. So they too can actually act as Border Patrol agents. So when you have a criminal activity that involves illegal aliens, that those persons would be actually snatched up and deported, jailed, or jailed and deported. So it's basically uh, our own politicians are against that. They are a sanctuary state and open borders uh, community which violates Section 8 of the Immigration Code. And I will hold them accountable for it. Speaking of police, you don't support the uh, defund the police movement. Is there a way that you are thinking of combating that movement? Uh, yes, those people that are wanting to defund the police have a plan to cause so much ruckus in the states that they want to form a national police force. And to me, that's totally unacceptable. Uh, I would support the police and sheriffs 100%. I would raise the standards to become a sheriff and police back to the old values before the 80s. Uh, my little brother tried to be a police officer in LA County. He scored 100% on every test, physical, mental, the whole thing. And they looked at him on the fifth try and they go, unless you change your gender or your color, we can't take you. Uh, quota system is what you call uh, bigoted and racist to all persons who cannot meet the standard. You don't lower the standards for people to come in. You keep the standards the same and you train the people to pass those standards. Uh, that's why they had the Rodney King beating and that's why I spent uh, two and a half weeks uh, working on helicopters that were shot up by the LA riots. In most of our big cities today, we have seen rioting and the governors are not doing anything. What would you do if there was a riot like in Minneapolis, but in Sacramento, what would you do about it? Well, basically California had its riot in 91. Uh, LA County had basically the riot, the surrounding counties, the people that were in the surrounding counties wanted to riot. The police officers found the first sign of commotion. They surrounded it. And they saw, and basically the, the, the coin phrase was, you loot, we shoot. Uh, you know, you do not tolerate any lawlessness whatsoever from any group of vandals. And you take them down as harshly as possible because you want to make an example to other people that wish to violate law you know, once you violate the law, you belong to the cops. Now, the thing also said is once you're cuffed, you become property of the state or the county or the local jurisdiction. And from that point on, you're supposed to be treated with kid gloves and taken care of because you're now a ward of the state, city or county. How do you feel about mandatory vaccines and vaccine passports? Would that be something you would support or would you say that it's also a person's choice on whether they want to be vaccinated? That is a personal choice between the physician and the patient. Passports with the vaccine or without is contrary to the Constitution of the United States on the free travel clause. So basically no passports, no mandates. It's up to the doctor and the patient. The state has no business being a doctor and neither does the health department. It's, it's ridiculous to micromanage everything where one size fits all. There are some 
basically what's happening is going on in Afghanistan right now. And we know that there are some Californians still stranded or, you know, in Afghanistan. How do you feel that you build as governor be able to help get our Californians back? Well, that's a federal issue, but if I had my choice, I would basically call some black ops units that used to work Afghanistan and contract them to get our people out. Uh, but basically what our government has done was do everything in reverse order and into such a degree which to cause such a commotion that we have no idea what's going on behind the other hand. Right now, everybody's looking at Afghanistan and I watch television and they go, oh, it's got American equipment over there. Well, actually, a lot of that the equipment that I've seen on the news is contractor equipment and equipment that actually was given to the Afghan army. So I don't think we have very much equipment over there, but they're making a big deal about it. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, okay, we have this ruckus going on in Afghanistan. What is our legislatures and governments doing or our Congress doing to enslave us? Because there's no such thing as no plan. Everybody has a plan and even a bad plan to foment anxiety and, and panic and fear in the population. Well, that's the trademark of our people in power right now. So true. Um, socialism seems to be steadily on the rise in our country as a whole. Do you think that socialism is good for the economy or our country? Uh, socialism leads to communism. It's basically taking from the worker everything that he owns and making them a slave to the oligarchs who have more money. You know, this is socialism is basically a doctrine that came out way before the 1800s and books and such. And if you look at Russia, communist China, North Korea, they all have the same doctrine. The people in power are everything and the citizens are expendable to whatever the cause the state tells them that they're expendable to. You have a plan on how to combat socialism? Well, you have to start with the schools and the colleges. A lot of things that were taught in the 60s, 70s, and 80s are not in the school curriculum anymore. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of social studies need to be retaught to the students. And basically right now, all the students that come out of California high schools, in order for them to go to college, they have to go to junior college to learn the stuff that they weren't taught in school or they were taught so poorly that they got to relearn what the teachers taught them. And, and that's, a big, that's a big negative on everything. So will that be a part of your campaign to actually um, try to reteach students um, true history and try to stop the false history that's being taught in our schools today? Yes, that is correct. Uh, the new doctrine that they're teaching is uh, CRM or CR, whatever that thing about, uh, you know, America bad. Yeah, critical race theory, theory, else. theory. Yeah, yeah, critical race theory. You know, and and it's like you know what? That's all BS for somebody to make money. Uh, you look at BLM, a terrorist organization, avowed Marxist leadership and they used all the people got them up get them to ride in different cities and now the founders of that are out buying mansions 
you know, as the communists would say, we have a bunch of useful idiots and we, so, we see who made profit on those idiots. How would you be able to bring commerce back, you know, revitalize the businesses? Like you mentioned earlier, that 40% of them, we know they're not coming back. I mean, we see for sales, for rents, for leases all over the place. And it's just, it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that our local businesses that they, we know they can't come back. And the real estate agent, the real estate companies are going to be the next ones going to get hit because they can't afford to keep those things vacant, right? Well, they're waiting for the moratorium on uh, rent relief to be vacated, in which the banks will turn around and say, oh, hello, landowners, we're going to take your property for not paying rent. And I know a lot of people that rent out their houses and such, and the people that are renting are buying boats, new cars and stuff with the government money, but they're not paying rent. So that kind of puts a kibosh on anything. But uh, to bring business back, first we have to stop government from micromanaging businesses, over overcharging for permits and fees and regulatory guidances. Uh, I went to a place that has no water runoff and the business owner was charged $3,500 for the inspection. And to submit the inspection, he had to pay another $1,500 for something that we're in a drought, there's no water runoff. The business doesn't have any water runoff to begin with. So why is he being charged all that extra money for being in business? It's ridiculous. And some uh, videos I've seen, they are planning on, the uh, left is planning on getting rid of cars by uh, 2039 or something like that. Uh, what do you think about, what do you think what do you think of that? And Well, that's just like Afghanistan. It's all idiocy. We have a power grid where we're, pick, we're picking up what they call uh, green energy, which is no such thing as green energy because everything leaves a footprint, including the wind towers, the solar panels. They all have a carbon footprint during their manufacture and distribution. Uh, a wind turbine, it'll have to run 19 years to cover up the carbon footprint to build it. And then once you decommission those, you have parts that are on there that are fiberglass, which is called hazardous waste. What do you do with that? A lot of people are starting to bury them in landfills because you can't reutilize the stuff. Uh, they basically, we entire power grid in California will not support everybody plugging in their electric vehicle at night and then wondering, oh, well, the desalinization plant that should have been planted or put in place 15 years ago, how are we going to power that? And also the growing population, the uh, so-called left establishment want to go into vertical integration and mass modal, which would you like to live in a high rise tower with no front yard, no backyard, with no freedom to bring your friends over and have a cookout in the backyard because you don't have one? They worry too much about things that is not even in the purview. The old saying is, you have to adapt to the future. You can't deny the future. And the Sun-Earth cycle, it's older than any one of us. So the thing of how many glaciers do we have, how many hot periods will we have, 
you know, under Carter, I'm still waiting for that ice age they predicted, and it never came. What do you think is the biggest mistake that Governor Newsom has made during his um, governorship? Uh, he's, they've made so many big mistakes, uh, they're unquantifiable. All Newsom did was sit back and collect his check. He didn't look for the future. He did not manage the forests. He did not manage our electrical problems. He's never managed our, you know, environmental problems. He just took money from special interest groups and, and big business and stuffed his pockets with it with his colleagues. Uh, the biggest thing is he didn't veto everything that came out of the legislature that would harm the citizens. So we have a higher crime rate, a higher illiteracy rate, uh, everything, the higher problems with society nowadays because he failed to stop the legislature from going amok. And so, you know, you can't just blame Newsom for all the problems. This was a team effort and they worked their team well to rip us all off. What is your plan for uh, keeping the forest management so you won't have so many forest fires and stuff. Well, that problem has been 35 years in the making. So we can't just label Jerry Brown as that. If Jerry Brown and Newsom is that problem. It's been going on forever. They've been actually uh, disallowing the lumber companies of thinning out the forest. Uh, the greatest invasive species were brought when we settled this land. And so a lot of those plants that are underneath the trees are seasonal, so they grow and die off, grow and die off, and so they have a big tinderbox underneath the trees. And also the trees from the last couple of fires, well, they die, they fall over, they become part of the tinder. So forest management, first you have to get the Forest Service, the basically freedom to contract out to all these lumber companies. They mark the trees on which they need to take away. The lumber companies come in, they pay the California state so much a tree, so that will fund the projects for continued uh, management of the forests. But right now we have to fight the fires and then the cure is gonna probably take, I would say five to eight years to actually get the forest service and the lumber companies to work together to actually start thinning out the forest to where it's is actually a natural forest rather than an overgrown forest. Um, are you going to be at any rallies in the following weeks leading up to the election where people can see and meet you? And if so, where? Uh, I'll be going to Visalia uh, next next week. I have another, I have a, basically a telephone interview or a Zoom interview with a television show or a TV show that's coming up on Friday. I'm also going to, uh, not Bakersfield, but it's the other place near Visalia. Uh, yeah, should be. Because I'm late to my $2,000, so I'm actually using gas money to go back and forth to different things. I'm also going to San Diego uh, to uh, a recall convention with all the other candidates. I don't know if the big major ones will be there, but all the little guys are gonna be there. Uh, then, uh, you know, whatever comes up, I go to, you know, they had a rally yesterday that I missed because the mileage was just too great and I couldn't make it in time from uh, Lancaster to uh, Irvine. 
So I kind of missed out on that one. Okay, that's too bad. What is the best way for people to contact you? My phone number is direct. It's uh, 714-580-7486. And my email is davidhilberg at yahoo.com. I don't have a website or Facebook paging or anything like that. Uh, I actually answer everything that comes in. And, and if you're a person that's real serious, I'll answer. And if you're not a person, tell you to be on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Mr. Hilberg. And to our listeners, remember that broadcasting is not the only thing my brothers and I do. We also own our own family website. Check us out at industriousfamily.com to discover our party theme ideas, free coloring pages, book and movie reviews, and our own movie making company. Plus so much more. Once again, that's industriousfamily.com. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to our Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election presented by America Matters Media and KFOY AM 1060. America Matters Media is proud to support the mission of Teen Day, a community educational program for teens interested in pursuing broadcast careers. We'd like to thank our featured guests who appeared on our show. The views and opinions expressed on today's program are those of the persons appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Teen Day, their sponsors, nor their affiliates. Information regarding candidates and the 2021 recall election can be found on calmatters.org. You can visit our Teen Day broadcast Facebook page for assignments, events, activities, and our on-demand version of today's broadcast. Until then... Our next guest is preparing for the O-1-2 punch that we are waiting for them on Teen Day Radio's team coverage of the 2021 California gubernatorial recall election.